Well, good afternoon, good morning, and good evening, whatever time of the day it is that you're listening to this program. Welcome to Philadelphia Eagles Talk with Jeff. And well, folks, I know it's been a little bit of a while here, but, uh, you know, as you can imagine, there's just not a heck of a lot going on in Eagles Nation. Um, and really, it's vacation time, it's the summer, it's a lot of dead time for the NFL. Um but I hope everybody's enjoying their summer. Yeah, I know here in the Northeast, it's been, well, the last couple of weeks, it's just been brutally humid and raining every other day. And when I say rain, I'm not talking about rain. I'm talking about pouring rain. And I uh, went through another day of that today um, here in the Northeast. So uh, hopefully you're trying to stay dry out there and enjoying time with your family and friends and vacationing. Because before you know it, summer will be winding down. And uh, we'll be wanting and hoping for summer again. Here we go again on my phone. Going crazy uh, before I have a chance to finish the freaking show. It's just unbelievable. It's like there's a sixth sense out there that just knows as soon as I hit record, I'm going to start texting Jeff. Anyway, hope everyone's doing good. We are closing in. The good news is... We're only a couple of weeks away from the Eagles opening training camp and uh, a lot of fun things to talk about. And I'm like, what am I going to talk about today? It's like, I need to do a show. I got my audience out there anxiously waiting for the next podcast to drop. Doesn't that sound good? I know it sounds good. Uh, and I know for some of you out there, it's true. So I appreciate that. Um, trying to build an audience. So continue to uh, share, uh, help out the program by making sure that you follow it. Uh, give it a five star rating, get a chance, whatever platform you're listening on, whether it's uh, you know Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon, um, iTunes. Uh, there's a variety of uh, platforms that carry the show. So whatever one you're on, if you don't mind just taking that a quick second and just giving it a rating, hopefully a very good one, and uh, and follow it and then uh, share it, share it with some uh, friends out there. This is the only way I can really. Uh, grow this channel. As you know, I mentioned last podcast, I tried to do it through social media on uh, Facebook and I got uh, my wrist slapped. Um, they didn't appreciate that too much. They don't like soliciting and that type of thing, which I understand. I didn't think it would be that big of a deal. You know, all I did was basically link my, uh, make a link to the show and I just wrote a little blurb, but most of me either removed it quickly or, uh, you know, Actually, I think most of them did remove. Actually, I know that most of them removed it. And I also got uh, notices from quite a few of them giving me warnings that if I do it again, they'll kick me off the kick me off the show. So uh, they obviously take that very seriously. And it's just something I didn't really think was a big deal. But you live in and you learn, as they say. So uh, let me um, give you the email address for the show. Uh, and send me your thoughts uh, heading into the season. Send me your thoughts on the commentary on uh, anything you have a question or comment on the podcast itself. I'd uh, love to hear from you. That email address is P-E-T-W-G-P at gmail.com. Again, that's P-E-T-W-G-P at gmail.com. Be great to hear from you. Utilize that tool to communicate with the show. We appreciate it. If you have any questions, be sure to answer them live on the following podcast. So, um, so like I said, make, uh, take advantage of that uh, if you would. All right. So, in thinking about what I wanted to talk about today, knowing that there's just nothing happening right now, 
Uh, I wanted to give some thoughts on, first of all, just the NFL in general, some some news that's come out that uh, doesn't necessarily have to do with the Eagles. Um, and then really talk about the defensive line and, and some really, as we head into camp, some guys that I'm going to be keeping uh, a really close look on and how impactful I think and how important that their t- season um, is in terms of how the Eagles, you know, will be successful or not. Much tougher schedule this year. The Eagles got a tough road, and they have to take advantage early on. And sometimes, you know, the Eagles get off to a slow start this year. It could really hurt, you know, as the way the schedule breaks down. Their first four or five games, all winnable games. And then the crunch of the schedule really comes down hard. Um uh, some very, very, very difficult games. So, you know, I think it's going to be important for the Eagles to get off to a strong start. And they open up even their opener is going to be a tough game because it's Tom Brady day in New England. And, you know, on paper, the Eagles should wax the floor with the Patriots. But being that it's going to be the first game of the season, um, a lot of unknowns always heading into that first game. Remember last year, the Eagles got off to a very slow start against Detroit. Now Detroit ended up being a good team. At the end of the year, but beginning of the year, the Eagles should have destroyed them. And eventually their offense woke up and they put 30-something points on. But they were trailing a lot of that game. That was a that was not an easy game uh, for them on the road in Detroit. And I expect the Patriots to give a pretty good fight in opening day. I don't think you could just mark that up as an automatic win. I mean, the Eagles need to win that game, like I said, because the rest of their schedule is, you know, is going to be very tough as the season goes on. And you need the Eagles to get those wins early on to, you know, sort of um, give them a little bit of a built-in cushion for some of those tough games that may not go their way. You know, it all remains to be seen because the schedules can always, you know, change. And suddenly a team that was supposed to be good, like the Rams last year, could could suck, um, which still is mind-boggling what happened to the Rams last year, really. I mean, I know they lost Cooper Cup and then, you know, the quarterback went down. That obviously explains a lot, but... You know, you, they're just coming off a Super Bowl season, and to have that type of disastrous year is still kind of uh, – you kind of still shake your head at that. So anyway, getting back uh, to what I was saying, I want to talk about some news around the league and really focus on the uh, defensive line for the Eagles uh, and I guess the defense in general, but mainly focus on the defensive line. Um, so just today – not that I had any hope or even reason behind the Eagles having any interest in DeAndre Hopkins, but you know those Eagle fans out there that whenever there's anybody that's a free agent that has uh, star power like uh, DeAndre Hopkins, he's going to be an Eagle. Or the Eagles should go get him. Made no sense to bring in DeAndre Hopkins here. Uh, yes, he obviously would have been a great addition, but it's just a useless addition. The Eagles, there's only one football, and to spread them all around to Devontae Smith, to A.J. Brown, to Dallas Goddard, to the running backs, et cetera, et cetera. Jalen Hurts, you know, keeping it on his own. You know, to bring in a guy like DeAndre Hopkins and pay him as much as he was, especially paying as much as he um, wanted and got, just never going to happen. It was never going to happen. And I knew that. I didn't spend much time talking about him on the podcast. But there's Eagle fans out there that, you know, of course, uh, you know, want him here and all this kind of stuff. And sometimes I think um, – you need to just think logically. Just just take a step back. Is just to remove the name and just ask yourself: Does it make sense? 
whether it's financial sense, whether it's just tactical sense, did it make sense to bring in DeAndre Hopkins to the Eagles? No, absolutely not. And he ended up going to the Titans today. So he signed a two-year deal with the Titans for $26 million. Um, so $13 million a year for DeAndre Hopkins. And, uh, you know, the Eagles don't have that money, number one. And they don't need they don't need DeAndre Hopkins. They just don't. So um, I think it's a good move by the Titans because they needed some help at wide receiver. Why? Because we took their best one. Um, so good move by the Titans. Which, by the way, they got to be thinking to themselves. And now I know that, you know, AJ Brown makes more than Hopkins does, but not, I mean, when you look at it, not a heck of a lot more. And so here's a team that traded with the Eagles, right, to get rid of AJ Brown. And then two years later, or really a year later, fiscal uh, NFL year later, they go have to go out and they have to go spend $13 million a season on DeAndre Hopkins, who's, you know, had, had suspension issues with PEDs, right? He's had uh, a couple years where he was injured. I like DeAndre Hopkins. When the guy's healthy, he's definitely one of the top five quarter uh, wide receivers in the league. He is. I mean, he's that good. Now, he's 31 now, too. That's the other thing. He's getting older. So, I don't know. I think the Titans got to be wondering if they should have just, you know, kept A.J. Brown there and given, gave him A.J. the money. But regardless... Good move by the Titans as uh, DeAndre Hopkins is now a uh, Tennessee Titan. Saquon Barkley getting closer to home here in the NFC East. What's going to happen with Saquon Barkley and the Giants? Now, this obviously has a direct impact on the Eagles. Um, Saquon by far is their best player and by far would make that offense uh, the big step that they're all expecting to have in New York would be considerably better if they have their star running back in play. What will Barkley do? That's the question. Does he sign the franchise tag, which I believe he has to do by Tuesday? It's coming up. Uh, he's only got a couple days left to make that decision. Um, so that's going to be interesting to see if Barkley does. My personal opinion, I'd be shocked if Barkley decides to hold out. Um, but stranger things have happened, as we know. Uh, I don't think Barkley would do that. I think he will probably just accept the franchise tag reluctantly. His bargaining power uh, kind of goes away once that date uh, arrives. You know, the Giants obviously were not a, were not willing to give him more at this time. And that's just the way of the NFL right now. It's the life of a running back. Teams are not dishing out big money to running backs. It's just, I don't know if it's a timing thing. Probably is, you know, another 10 years from now, running backs may become more prominent again. Um, but I think a lot of teams have figured out that not only can you get really good running back talent later in the draft, so you don't have to spend, you know, a first round or even a second round pick on, on a running back. You can get really good value in the third and fourth rounds. Um, so not only that, but then just paying them. And the Eagles have had that. They've been way out in front of that in a, for a long time. You know, the last big money contract they gave out was LaShawn McCoy. And then they didn't like it and ended up trading him to Buffalo. Or I guess that could have been just a Chip Kelly thing. One, or the, one way or the other, we know the Eagles don't like to pay running backs, which is why no matter how much I felt about the Eagles keeping Miles Sanders, I knew in the back of my mind 
that the Eagles were not going to pay Sanders. I was hoping against hope that they would keep him here. But, um, you know, it's just even though Miles didn't get as much as he wanted, it was still more than the Eagles were willing to pay him, and so he went to Carolina. I don't know if the Eagles even made him an offer. I think they just had in their mind. Plus, the Eagles were really up against the cap knowing they had to pay Hurts um, and some of the other guys and losing Hargrave. So I, I really just knew that, you know, Miles would probably be his last year, which still stinks, by the way. I mean, I don't want to get into offense too much, and we'll talk about that maybe in a future podcast. But, I mean, I think Eagle fans take Miles Sanders. Not only do they underrate him and his importance to this team in general. I know there's Miles Sanders fans out there besides myself. But there's a lot out there that underrated his value and just thought he was not that good. And if you think that some that the Eagles are going to be able to come in next year, even with the guys they brought in, and I know they got some pretty good guys that they brought in, and be able to replace 1,300 yards and 11 touchdowns, I don't know. There's no guarantee that they're going to be able to do that. You know, and I think Miles just really worked well with this offense. Um, did he disappoint in the playoffs last year? Yeah, but he got injured on first play in the Super Bowl. Got hurt first play. He banged up his hand. Now, that's the other knock against Sanders is, you know, the doubters out there uh, said that he was hurt all the time, which is an exaggeration. He was not hurt all the time. But, yeah, he got banged up from time to time for sure. But he proved that the guy stays on the field. The guy can put up a monster season and be in the Pro Bowl like he did last year. So I wish Miles well. Again, I don't want to spend a ton of time on it. You guys all know. You guys have been listening to me for a while now. I feel with Sanders. But uh, now we shift gears and we got to, you know, replace him with DeAndre Swift, which I thought was a great move to pick him up from uh, Detroit. You know, homegrown talent there uh, just outside of Philadelphia. So, you know, I'm excited to see what he could do in his offense. And, um, you know, we'll see how that, you know, all three running backs the Eagles have here, well, four, if you include Boston Scott, um, you know, can make up for, you know, the loss of Sanders. And I think they probably could be, um, you know, pretty good uh, and be able to mainly because they have a great line. Great line and they have do, do have some good running back talent that they're bringing here, even though you want to talk about injury prone. Both of those guys combined are far more injury prone than uh, Sanders ever was. But we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. But anyway, getting to defense now. Well, before I do, a couple more other things. So Barkley, getting back to him, circling back to the running back discussion, I guess. We were talking about the running back discussion, but talking about Barkley in particular. Um, we'll see what happens there with the Giants because if he holds out or doesn't play at all this year, then you know, then the Giants, who are really a team on the comeuppets, uh, at least forecasted, and I, I kind of in, in that in that realm of thinking as well. I mean, I think the Giants will be better this year. Um, and they could potentially be significantly better. Now, I say that with a little bit of caution. And that is they benefited last year from a very um, weak schedule. They didn't play. They had like the team, you know, one of the worst, uh, easiest schedules in the league. That, like much like the Eagles, is going to change quite a bit this year. So they have a much tougher schedule. So how good really are the Giants? I'll also find out. But I do think they'll be better. I think their defense is good anyway. And that should only improve. And then I think offensively, especially with Barkley and some of the weapons they put at wide receiver and just offensive line getting a little bit better. Uh, I do expect the Giants to be a better uh, 
a bigger challenge and a you know have a better season and take another another step forward. Um, with the only caveat being that they have a tougher schedule this year, so you know we'll see how good the Giants really are. You know they cushioned their schedule last year with a lot of wins, and they believe you know if you remember last year they also got a lot of really lucky wins right off the bat in opening day, opening game they got that lucky win. Um, so did they make their own luck or did they really get lucky? We'll find that out this season. So we'll see what Barkley does. Dalvin Cook is still out there as a um, free agent running back. Now, the Eagles, I would be, if they didn't bring in all these guys, I would have jumped on Cook as soon as he was made available or made a, a call to the Vikings. You know, how is he on, on top of these things? So maybe he knew that, you know, Cook might be released. Um, hopefully he made a call because, to me, I'd be much more comfortable having Dalvin Cook here um, and even having to pay him a little bit more than, you, you know, two guys that they brought in, the Eagles brought in on budget contracts. And certainly he would be much more than what the Eagles – I mean, the Eagles got tremendous value, you know, with their running back position. I mean, all three guys are making just over a million dollars combined. So that's – that's really tremendous value. So I guess you can't really knock, you know, Howie for that. But I would I would be more comfortable myself personally if they went out and got Dalvin Cook and was able to give him, you know, a pretty decent a contract, maybe comparable to what Miles Sanders got um, in Carolina for, you know, two, three years. Um, but it didn't happen. Um, but I think Cook, wherever he lands, is going to help out whatever team he ends up on. Um, and I think Minnesota won't really have much of a fall off either. Cause that Madison can play, man. He's been backing up cook for the last few years. That guy, he could play. He's a good running back. So any of you in fantasy, uh, football, you know, don't, don't overlook him. All right. So the other thing, just real quick, before I get into the defense is there's video out there of Lane Johnson, uh, deadlifting 700 pounds uh it's on youtube you can check it out uh it's impressive i heard about it and then i then i went and watched the video and uh yeah lane johnson's just a beast i mean he might go down potentially as the best eagles offensive lineman of all time i know there's jason peters in there but he wasn't eagles draft pick so i think that lane would get a little bit of an edge over jason peters as great as he was but I really think, and obviously there's Kelsey, Kelsey too at center, um, but Kelsey was never like what you would call a dominant center. He was just he's more known for his versatility um, and his downfield blocking and things of that nature. He's he was never like an overpowering center, but no doubt you know future Hall of Famer and one of the greatest Eagles offensive linemen. I'm not trying to knock Kelsey at all. He's one of my favorite players, one of my favorite Eagles of all time. But I think in terms of just um, offensive line dominance, when you look at you know, Lane Johnson hasn't given up a, a quarterback sack in like two years. Um, and he's also got this streak inside the red zone where he hasn't given up a sack. It goes even longer than that. So he's just, I mean, you're talking talk about a dominant player. And he's battled his injuries. The guy's played hurt, as we know, even as recent as last year. In the Super Bowl, this guy's playing on a, you know, um, torn uh, groin muscle that he needed needed to be operated on, played in a Super Bowl all through the playoffs last year with that injury. And nobody nobody got sacked. He didn't give up any sacks. 
So, so uh, Lane Johnson might might go down as the greatest Eagles offensive lineman of all time when it's all said and done. So, got to give some send out some flowers there to Lane Johnson and just um, you know sometimes the offensive line doesn't get as I think in Philadelphia the offensive game gets much more uh, acknowledgement and um, and uh, appreciation for than than some other teams, but uh, even so. Um, they're, they're often not talked about. So, um, so we're lucky to have lane. Hopefully he's got a good three or four years left. All right. So to the defense, now the Eagles lose Hargrave and that's a big loss in terms of sack production, pass rushing. Uh, it wasn't all that great against the run, but certainly in the pass rush, uh, he was a huge factor and, you know, he moved on to the, uh, signed a deal with the 49ers, which, also sucks because now that's quite um, possibly a team that the Eagles will be playing in the playoffs next year. Um, so he'll help them out dramatically. But who's going to make up that gap? And to me, Jalen Carter is an unknown because he's never played yet. Now, I have high hopes for Jalen Carter. I think that Carter could have a really good rookie season. But you have to keep the expectations in realistic. You know, this guy's not going to come out as is a rookie and gets ten sacks and be able to replace what Hargrave did. Um, that's just unrealistic expectations. None of the great defensive tackles, the Hall of Famers, ever had a rookie season like that. You can go back to Warren Sapp. You know, um, any of those guys, John Randall, um, any of those great defensive tackles. Um, none of them, you know, came in and broke out, you know, with, with double-digit sacks. So you can't expect Carter to do that. What I'd like to see from Carter this year is, um, you know, five, six sacks. I mean, you got to be happy with that production out of a rookie and just solid against the run. If he could do that, I think, uh, you know, his career will will take off from there, and we got a stud player because he'll only continue to get better. And at five to six sack digit, that might end up being ten within a couple of years. You know, uh, that's what you want to hope for out of Jalen uh, Carter. Um, so I'm not going to put him as the most important to me. The most important player on the line this year is Jordan Davis. We got to find out what we have in Jordan Davis because to me, I've seen flashes of what he can be. But I haven't been, when I look at his overall on-field eye test that I talk about a lot, the eye test, um, I'm concerned. And I feel that, you know, I really need to see him take a big step this year. And the Eagles, defensively, it's super important with Hargrave not being here for Jordan Davis to be the guy that we drafted number one, 13th overall, um, a couple years ago. Um, I've seen, like I said, occasional plays, little splashes of what he can be. But overall, I have to say I'm a little concerned. And he's already been banged up. You know, he was injured already in his rookie year. So, you know, how tough is this guy? In college, the reason why I'm questioning his toughness is he was not a full-time player at Georgia. You know, he played maybe half the snaps. So he wasn't even a full-time player in Georgia. So the Eagles need him to be a full-time player, you know. Yeah, they're going to rotate guys in and out. 
But for the most part, you know, they're penciling him in as the starting defensive tackle. And they should. He's the first-round pick. But he's got to start playing like the first-round pick consistently. And for the entire game. Stay healthy. And I'm not saying that Jordan Davis is a guy that we really need to, you know, get five to six, ten sacks from. His main job is to clog the line, to stop the run, to get a push up the middle. Not necessarily sack, but just to, you know, squeeze that pocket for the quarterback so that our edge rushers can get to him, right? Get that push and then let Sweat and Graham and those guys take over and get the sacks. That's what we need out of Jordan Davis. And it's super important this year to see his development and for him to make the strides and steps that we all need. I don't even use the word hope. Need him to take. Because if he has another kind of ho-hum, mediocre type year like he did last year, I'm going to start getting concerned about what we got there in, in Jordan Davis. So um, a lot of the reports on campus that he's come in with really good shape. Now, again, I'm not going to go crazy. I say this all the time with the OTAs and all that. All those guys you hear all, all the time, reporters going crazy over, oh, so-and-so came to camp looking great, and he was looking awesome in camp. They're not doing – they're not playing football yet. So – it almost goes in one ear and out the other when I hear that stuff. I guess it's better than hearing, oh, he came out and came and camp out of shape. He doesn't look good. Okay. Okay. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. But let's not jump thinking that this guy is on Mac again to be uh, much better this year just because of what they were reporting on OTAs. So I'll wait to see how he's looking in training camp and obviously in the preseason games, which I would hope that Sirianni plays, even though he's going to be a, quote, starter this year. Guys like Jordan Davis need to be in those games. So I would hope that uh, Sirianni plays Davis in at least a a couple of those uh, training camp games, preseason games. I know they're going to do some scrimmages and that kind of thing. That seems to be like the new new age thing where they do like team scrimmages against each other. But, um, you know, I want to see Jordan Davis on the field in the preseason And, um, yeah, you know, so I have a big, big bullseye circle on Jordan Davis this year as far as uh, his importance in terms of how this defense is going to rock and roll this season. Because it should be good. Like the defensive line has got a lot of depth, got a lot of talent. It should be very, very, very good, if not the best in the league again like it was last year. It really should be that good. But in order to be that good, it will have to be Jordan Davis as the guy who is the cog in the wheel, so to speak. I mean, Fletcher Cox obviously is still going to be there. And he came on last year. I mentioned in my last podcast how, you know, the year prior to last year, coming into the last season, I was not high on Cox. I thought that Cox, you know, I almost thought he took some plays off a couple years ago and um, just looked slow, didn't look really into the game. And last year, he looked like the Fletcher Cox that that we've all been accustomed to, even at his later age. So, But how much more can you really, you know, how much more blood can you get out of that stone, so to speak? I mean, Fletcher Cox is getting older. 
He's definitely in the um, twilight of his career here. And um, I think the Eagles are relying more on depth with him coming in on more special um, pass rush situations, perhaps. Um, I don't know if they'll, if Fletcher is even able to play, you know, as many snaps anymore, you know, this late in his career. We'll see. I mean, he's a great player. He's an all-time Eagle great. And, uh, and we hope that he could just kind of build off what he did last year because he did look like a much better Fletcher Cox than he, last year than he did prior to that. Um, some other guys in the depth, you know, they got Milton Williams. Now, here's a guy that I love every time he's in the game. I mean, that guy, you know, you always like to have a versatile guy that can come in, give you some rush off the edge, and also play, uh, you know, inside. And Milt Williams is is one of those underrated guys on the Eagles. I think, uh, you know, he might potentially start. Like, I'm almost thinking, like, if Jordan Davis, and I don't want to use this word. Actually, maybe I'll just table that discussion, you know, if, if Jordan Davis is not the player that we think. But I think Milton Williams has a, you know, has the ability to start in this league. I mean, that's how good that guy is. But regardless, he's going to be good for depth. Um, and then the guy that is kind of like the – Wild card here is Cantavius Street that they brought in and signed from New Orleans. Um, this is a guy that's a seasoned vet, and he's had some success in the league. Um, pretty good player, so I like that signing by the Eagles, and and I think that he's going to provide some good depth, uh, especially if he needs to spot somebody with an injury and things of that nature. Um, we already talked about Jalen Carter, and my boy out of USC. It's my college team, you know, Marlon Tua Palota. You know, when he was in the games last year, he actually played pretty well, I thought. he's You know, again, he's not a dominant force, but I saw him get some push last year. You know, he got some push in that pocket. Um, so I think he's uh, you could do worse than him, you know, coming in as a secondary depth, um, you know, if and when needed. So, you know, I think that, again, the defensive line for the Eagles is a really good shape. But in order for this team to really excel, and in order for this defense to really be the dominant defense we're hoping for, and you we're going to need to get Jordan Davis to be Jordan Davis, you know, the guy that we drafted in the first round. And we need Carter to, to be that guy too. You know, I'm, I'm not going to go crazy on Carter, you know, being a rookie. And I also think Carter just has amazing ability. So I, I really think that he's probably going to get his five sacks this year and, uh, and, and be a, a really good force on the inside. Um, I think he's that good having an instant impact. I think we need Jordan Davis to really step up. I mean, he, to me, is the guy that is um, of utmost importance for this defense to take off. Along with the other one I would talk about, even though I'm really kind of trying to keep it focused on the defensive line, is N'Kobe Dean, his Georgia uh, teammate. Now, N'Kobe Dean, I was so happy when the Eagles drafted him. I was more excited about the Dean pick than than the uh, Davis pick. Um, because I see a team captain and a leader in Nicobe Dean. What I'm not sure about is if he's big enough to take on the um, blockers and running backs that he's going to be facing here in the NFL. We're going to find that out. But it's uh, but he's the guy, so it's like it's it could be a hard landing if 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 Nicobe Dean for some reason is just too undersized to play middle linebacker in this, in this league. Um, that's the question. I, I don't think, I don't question his heart. I don't question his um, instincts. I don't question his football smarts. I don't question his drive, any of that. Uh, Dean is going to be a player in those respects. 
I just don't know. Sometimes you have all the ability and you have all the uh, mental uh, aptitude and all that, but you're just not big enough. And that's my only concern with Kobe Dean. I'm excited to watch him play and, uh, and, and take over this defense. And I, I do think, and I've predicted this as rookie year. I don't know what podcast it was, but it was one of the post-drafts or preseason videos I did last season. I predicted that Nicobe Dean will be the captain of this defense. So, and I said within three years. So we're close to that time frame. It doesn't happen this year, and it'll be next year. And really, I'm kind of targeting next year. I don't expect him to be captain already, you know, his first year starting. But next year, Nicobe Dean has that great, you know, good, good season. Not even, I'm going to put the word great season, but a good season as a middle linebacker. My prediction is he will be the captain of defense next season. So hopefully that's how it works. Hopefully that's how it works out. So let's see, a couple of things. You know, we talked about the defensive line, right? And, and I think one of the other things is, and, and I know that there's a lot of Eagle haters out there. I won't say Eagle haters. I'll say Barnett haters that just can't get over the fact that they blew that first-round pick, you know, back in 2017. Yes, they, you know, they, they could have probably used that pick in a better uh, better way back in 2017. But I don't know why people think that Barnett sucks. Like, the guy is not a terrible player. Does he make stupid penalties that drive us all up a wall? Absolutely. And I think maybe that's why people just overlook his actual play in the field because they just they get so consumed by his stupid penalties, which no doubt he needs to stop doing that. And now that he's, you know, hopefully he's more mature now and he's learned enough, you know, now that he's in his, what, sixth season in the league, to stop doing that, making those boneheaded plays. But – also, some of those flags were, if you remember, kind of, some of them were definitely worth throwing. I'm not saying that they weren't, but there's some of them that were, you know, today's day and age flags that should not have been thrown. Um, you know, that Barnett might have just ran into the quarterback or bumped them, something like that. There was definitely some of those flags. And because Barnett, everyone loses their minds and goes berserk over it. But the bottom line is the guy on the field is good. He's a good defensive lineman. Don't act like and don't tell me the guy sucks. Barnett does not suck. He's a very good defensive lineman. Well, maybe I shouldn't say very good, but he's a good defensive lineman. He's a guy that you're going to be thankful that the Eagles still have him if, let's just say, Brandon Graham or Sweat, you know, has a, you know, miss a game or two because of an injury, that you could plug a guy like Barnett in there. You'd be happy that we have him on this team. And that's my point. I'm not going to go crazy about him, but. He provides really good depth, and he can, you know, fill in for Graham or Sweat when they need to take a playoff or so. And and he's not, you're not going to lose anything. You're not going to lose much. You're not going to lose anything against a run. He plays a run really, really well. You wish he gave you more of a pass rushing threat, but he could do that though. It's not like he can't. And so, you know, I think Barnett coming back this year. Hopefully, he could stay healthy himself. You know, could provide some good uh, some good depth on pass rush and uh, and run defense. Uh, you know, for the defense. So, um, yeah, so kind of went through all of it. So, we're like I said, we're only a couple weeks away from training camp, and that's when, obviously, things start getting super exciting around here. And we'll obviously have much more to talk about on this platform. Um, so I want to make sure you, you come back for that, of course. And, um, yeah, I'm just trying to think before I let you all go if I'm missing anything else. Um. Yeah, I mean, the other really key thing to talk about and keep in mind, because everyone's like, yeah, the Eagles should be really good again this year and all this, even with the tough schedule. Well, 
The other big factor, and I know I've mentioned this, but I'll mention it again because it's worth noting and I'll talk about it a lot, is the fact that not many teams coming off a Super Bowl or just teams in general, not even coming off a Super Bowl, but with the high expectations that the Eagles have going into the season are coming into the season with a brand new offensive coordinator and a brand new defensive coordinator. I'm not even sure that's ever happened before. Other than, you know, the, obviously if there's an entire coaching change, then yeah, there's all three are typically new, but I'm talking about, you know, keeping the same coach, but losing your offense and defensive coordinator. I'm not sure if that's ever happened. It probably has, but if it has, it hasn't happened much. And then I'd be curious to know, because I haven't done much research on it, how those teams actually performed. Did they maintain their expectations or did it, was there a fall off? And if there was a fall off, how significant was that fall off? I think that's all interesting things to talk about as we head back into the season. So we'll talk about that as we go forward. No doubt about it. It's going to be a key component for how successful this team goes, how high these Eagles will fly. But until then, thank you again for tuning in. As always, please like, share, and subscribe. Don't forget to hit that you know follow button. And uh, make sure you tune in for the next episode coming up here on Philadelphia Eagles Talk with Jeff. Until then, take care. And as always, fly, Eagles, fly.